Pastors Michael and Brenda Brunzo welcome you and thank you for listening to the following message. This message was recorded during a regular service at Faith Fellowship Church. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we believe this message will encourage and strengthen you in your daily walk of faith. God bless you as you listen. I hope you're having a wonderful evening. Pray that God's blessings are overtaking you daily. We're thankful that you've decided to join us tonight. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father God, we're thankful today, Lord God, for the opportunity to come, Lord. Father, just to enter into your presence, Lord, just to come together, Lord, with your people via Facebook Live, Lord. God, to share your word for just a few minutes, Lord. We just honor you tonight, Lord God. Praise you, Lord, for all of your goodness and your mercy, Lord. We thank you, Father, for all your love and your grace, Lord. We praise you, Lord, for all your goodness. Ask you, Father, that you'd help us, Lord, that we'd speak words of encouragement, Lord, words of life, Lord. God, that we might lift your people up, Lord. We thank you, God, for all that you're doing, Lord. We ask you, Father, that you just move, Lord. Jesus name. Hallelujah. Well, we pray that you've had a good week this week. We know that the uh, snow came down a little bit. The ice came down just a little bit. We didn't get quite what they were calling for, but uh, that's because of the shift in where everything went. You know, if it would have went just a, a few miles South of us, you know, we would have got a, a lot more snow, but, you know, we're thankful that that God washed over us. Everyone's safe. I haven't heard too many things that have been too bad. You know, it's really cold, but thank God that he's watching over us and he's keeping us. Uh, Miss Shannon went outside for a little while with uh, Bella this afternoon, played in the snow a little bit, and seen videos of my grandsons playing out in the snow. So I'm, I'm glad they're enjoying it. I don't enjoy it like I used to when I was young. When I was a kid, I'd get out in that stuff and I'd be out all day long and I'd come in, you know, froze to the bone and, you know, spend the whole day out with, with my friends, with my younger brother and, and, and just enjoy that. But alas, I do not enjoy snow as I used to. Hallelujah. But I wanted to share the word with you tonight just for a few minutes. Uh, I won't keep you very long tonight, but we'll get it out and, and see if we can encourage you this evening. Hallelujah. I want to talk tonight just for a few minutes about love. You know, Jesus told uh told us in his word to love one another. You know, 17 times in the New Testament, we're called to love one another. You know, it's told to us by three different authors in seven different New Testament books. And it's also the only one another statement that Jesus made. You know, it's the only one that came directly from his mouth. You know, Jesus in John chapter 15, verse 17 said, These things I command you, that you love one another. 
You know, every time I speak to my mother on the phone, you know, the conversation uh, eventually comes around to, to living right. You know, my mom's uh, 88 years old, I think. 88, 89, somewhere in there. And she's to that place, uh, as I'm sure a lot of us are. You know, we've got more things on the other side than we've got on this side uh, uh, of eternity. And so she always, as the conversation gets around to it, it's always, we got to love one another. That conversation always comes back around to how you treat people. And, and her observation all the time and every time is if we ever going to make it to heaven, we're going to have to love one another. You know, not only did Jesus speak those words from his lips, but, you know, he also lived those words out in what he did and, and, and uh, the actions that he took in his ministry, you know, and he's called us as Christians to do the same thing. You know, I, I want you to think about everybody that you encounter on a daily basis. Everybody that you come in contact with, you know, don't miss anybody. Think about everyone. And then I want you to think about the words of Jesus there in, in John fifteen seventeen. These things I command you that you love one another. So I have to ask you a question. Having thought about everybody that you encounter on a daily basis and everybody that you come in contact with in the course of your life and in the course of doing business in your life and going about the business of living, all those people that you encounter, everyone that you come in contact with, out of all of those people, who would you say that God would say that it was okay that you didn't love? You know, the answer is nobody. Everybody that you encounter, you got to love them. And, and you see, what makes Jesus' statement to love one another so amazing to me is that Jesus was having a question and answer and a teaching session with his disciples, you know, there in, in the book of John from chapter 13 and then on through several chapters and, you know, and... You know, beginning at chapter 13, going on through those chapters, and we know that Judas was there in the middle of it. Judas Iscariot was right there in the discussion. Because he asked Jesus a question in chapter 14, and Jesus answers him. And then we get on into chapter 15. You know, I can just imagine, you know, in my mind's eye, that, that as they're sitting there and Jesus is teaching and he's making his point with his disciples that they're to love one another, I can imagine Jesus turning during that time and looking at Judas. Got to love one another. You know, and that statement there, you know, with Jesus saying that in the presence of Judas, in the presence of the one that he knows is going to eventually betray him, you know, 
man, that just tells me that you got to love the lovable, but you also have to love the ones who are unlovable also in the church. You know, I don't believe that our church has any, any uh, downright mean church members. I don't know of anybody that claims to be downright mean. I know my wife tells me that I can look mean a lot of times. But I'm not mean. At least I don't think I am. You know, I, 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 and I believe I'm right. But if we did have somebody in our church who was mean and and hard to get along with, we still got to love them too. So my question for you today is, how in the world do we do that? How do we love those that we come in contact with that are unlovable, that are hard to get along with, that are mean, that are hateful. I want to share some scripture with you. Read a couple of scriptures here. You know, the first one I want to read is Colossians chapter 3, verses 14 and 15, and then Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. I'm reading in the New King James Version. Colossians 3, 14 and 15. New King James. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. And then Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2 in the New King James. says, Therefore be imitators of God, as dear children, and walk in love, as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. I'm reminded of a little story. There was a, a, a young girl named Emily who was complaining to her mother that her belly was hurting. And she told her, she said, Mommy, my tummy aches. And Emily's mother looks at her and said, Well, Emily, it's probably because your tummy's empty and you just need to eat. If it had something in it, your tummy wouldn't ache. And so Emily went and she ate a bite and she stopped complaining about her stomach aching. And just a little while later, the minister from the local church stopped by and knocked on the door and came in to visit. And as he was sitting and he was talking to Emily's mother and Emily was there and she was playing in the background and, and their conversation, you know, was, was going on and he was inviting them to church and, you know, checking on them. He was new and wanting to make sure that they felt it welcomed at, at the local church. And the minister was talking and just in passing conversation, he mentioned that his head hurt. 
And Emily, remembering the conversation that she had had with her mother earlier in the day, looked at the, at the minister and says, that's probably because it's empty and it wouldn't hurt so bad if you had something in it. Children are often imitators of what their parents do. Emily's mother told her if your stomach had something in it, it might not hurt. So Emily thought she would share with the minister, if your head had something in it, it might not hurt you. You might not think it was funny, but I did. <laughs> but here's the thing. Just because we walk in the doors of the church house, we're not automatically going to be the recipients or the givers of love. Love requires an action. It requires us to do something. And each one of us has to, has to perform that action. Each one of us has to do that thing. We have to put on love. You know, when, when we were, that first scripture that I read you in John chapter 15, verse 17, you know, Jesus said, these things I command you that you love one another. Man, we gotta love one another. We gotta put that forth. We gotta we gotta work on it. It costs us something. And you know, our, our first scripture that we read, Colossians chapter three, verse fourteen and fifteen, tells us, but above all things, put on love. We have to put it on. To put something on requires some work. You know, when I was a kid, I, 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 broke, I was playing with my cousin and my older sister, and we were doing as kids do, you know, when you're, you're small and, and we, hey, we were from the country. We didn't have a lot of toys. We had to make up our own games. So, so my cousin, he was lying on his back on the ground. He was several years older than me, and I was climbing up and getting on his feet, and he was taking his feet and pushing me off in the air. You know, I'd go flying through the air and I'd land and I'd laugh and I'd run back and I'd do it again. Well, one time when he boosted me off of his feet and, and sent me flying through the air, I didn't land just right. That time, something didn't feel just quite right when I landed on the ground. And I broke my right arm. And so, you know, I had to go to the hospital. You know, my parents came and picked me up whenever, whenever, whenever mom got off from work to work that day. You know, my, my aunt who was watching me had put me in a sling and gotten, got the arm immobilized. And, and it wasn't long before mom came and picked me up and dad and they took me to the hospital and they x-rayed me and did all that kind of stuff and, and set the arm, put it in a cast. that I had to wear for several weeks and it was uncomfortable and this was a long, long time ago. This was probably 1970 or so and I had this cast from my hand all the way up to almost my shoulder. So I did a really good number on it, So, but I broke it. I had to wear a cast on that right arm for several weeks. You know, before that, I would get up, and in the morning, Mom would tell me what clothes to put on. 
And, and I, I'd get dressed and I, I'd throw my clothes on for the day. And I, I didn't think about it. But after I'd broken my right arm, it took me some work to get that shirt on over that cast. And a lot of times, I'm sure that my mother had to help me get dressed. But it took some work where before it didn't take any thought. I just did it. But it took some work to get that shirt on over that cast, you know, that went from my hand almost up to my shoulder, you know. And, and here's the thing, idealistically, uh, people think of, of church as one big loving family. Doesn't require a lot of work to love one another. After all, we're the church. Ought to be automatic for us to love one another. But what the church world has done in this climate of political correctness is we've replaced love and care for one another with social niceness. And social niceness and love are not the same things. Social niceness says I can put up with him or her for an hour and be civil. Love says I value you and want what's in your best interest. Love requires more work than social niceness. It requires so much work that the Apostle Paul said to put on love. So, you know, I believe what Paul was telling us is that we're to love like Jesus loved, then we need to know how to put on love. So I want to talk just for a few minutes about uh, what putting on love looks like versus social niceness. You know, social niceness causes me to say the appropriate thing to someone that's hurting. But putting on love propels me to bring that hurting person's need to God. You know, we hear and and we see people asking for prayer and people making prayer requests. You know, they'll post on their social media pages, you know, I'd really like to have prayer for this situation or that situation. Or, or in church, we'll hear somebody talking about, you know, well, I need prayer and... and you know, on on Facebook, or if we receive a text, you know, a lot of times we'll just write back really, really quick or we'll comment on, on the social media post. Praying, prayers, or if we're at church and we hear somebody talking about needing prayer and requesting prayer. And so, you know, after church, we meet them outside and we see them and we speak to them and we tell them, I heard your request. I'm going to be praying for you. We'll bring that request to God. And at that point, love still hadn't been extended. 
You haven't prayed. You haven't stood in the gap yet for that person with God. You haven't propped that person up before God and, and, or asked God to answer their request. You've done a socially nice thing just by saying, oh, I'm going to pray for you. You said the appropriate words to a hurting person. But here's the thing, putting on love doesn't happen until you've stopped and you've prayed for that person. Ephesians chapter 5 verses 1 and 2, New King James says, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ has also loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. If we're going to be imitators of God, then we have to, then our yes has to be yes and our no has to be no. You know, Jesus uh, did what he was saying to do. If he told a person he would go with them to heal a family member, he went on a walk with them and he went and healed them and he raised them up. You know, if Jesus told his disciples that he was going to meet them someplace, he did. You know, he told his disciples, hey, I'm going to be going to a cross. You know what he did? He went. And if I told you that I'm going to pray for you, if I'm going to put on love, I'm going to pray for you. Your need becomes a part of my plea before God. And let me tell you this, forgetting is not an excuse for praying, for not praying for someone else that you, you told them what you would. If you can't remember to pray for somebody, write it down. If you can't write it down, stop and pray right then. You know, if you're concerned, you might forget to stop and, 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 and start praying. Ask God to move for them right then. You know, you, you never know what it might mean to somebody if you're out. You're in the Walmart. You run into somebody and they tell you, hey, got a situation I'd really like for you to pray. Instead of just rushing off to go and find your cabbage, just say, hey, let's pray right now. You don't have to stop and, and, and say some King James Version prayer in the middle of the Walmart. All you got to do is stop and be obedient and listen to the Spirit of God as He's calling you to intercede for that person in that moment. You know, think about Jesus. He never forgot a prayer request. He told somebody He was going to pray, He prayed. A lot of times Jesus stopped what he was doing and he prayed right there. Right there in that moment. Church has too much social niceness and not enough putting on love a lot of times when it comes to praying for one another. You know, we talk a mean game when we're talking about praying and loving one another, but we don't follow through a lot of times. Social niceness causes us to do pop-ins. Check on a hurting person. Somebody's sick. Somebody's shut in. You know, uh, we just pop in. We'll, we'll call them. We'll text them. Hey, just wanted to check on you. Heard you going through some things. Let you know, hey, I'm praying for you. And, and, and God bless you. 
Click. When walking in love would, when putting in, putting on love, what we're talking about. When putting on love, yeah, putting on love causes us to walk in love because we'll get through and we'll, we'll walk that person through what they're going through and the things that are happening in their life. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and part of verse 2 says, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love. You know, if I know somebody's hurting, you might believe that it's only appropriate that, that you give them a call and check on them. And then once you've done that, you feel good. You feel like you've done a good thing. You pat yourself on the back and you go on. And, and you can check that off of your to-do list. I, I know that I'm guilty of doing that a lot. Or if somebody's in the hospital and you know it, you know, people will do little pop-ins, you know, they'll stop in, they'll make a visit, and then they're there for five minutes just to check on, well, you know, just want to let you know we're thinking of you, and, and, and they're gone. And, never, and they don't ever hear from you again, you know, but you feel like you've done the socially right thing. Don't get mad at me tonight. Being socially nice isn't enough. Doing the socially right thing isn't enough. It's not what we're called to. God calls us to higher standard. Verse 4 of Psalm 23 in the New King James says this, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. For you're with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Here we have David writing. And just from that verse, how many pop-ins did the Lord do with King David? Check on how he's doing. According to that scripture, none. He was with him the whole time. And, and you know, we, we certainly as human beings can't be in all places at all times. But we know how to walk with somebody through what's hurting them. Then there's the story of Jairus. He was a local synagogue official whose daughter was sick at home and he pleaded with Jesus to come and heal his daughter and Jesus traveled step by step with Jairus to his home. He walked with that man through his pain, through his hurt. You know, if he wanted to do the socially acceptable thing, you know, he could have told the man to go on home. I'll be there after a while. But Jesus demonstrated putting on love. He walked with the man through, through, through his hurt. Church today has too many pop-ins and not enough walking with. And being with someone in their hurt. We talk a mean thing about being there for people, but so often we're not. Like I said, I know I'm guilty of it. You know, social niceness, niceness causes me to, to lend a helping hand hoping that you never call on me. 
putting on love actually finds a way to get in there and meet another person's need. We'll read again Ephesians 5 and part of verse 2. Therefore be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love. As Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice. So let's say that somebody in the church needs some help with moving some things. Assuming that that person isn't, isn't shy, he asks for help, he comes to the front of the church and, and tells everybody in the church, I can use about five or six men to come and help me out this Saturday and just to get some of these things moved. Excuse me. And he asked them, can I see a show of hands of everybody that's willing to help me out Saturday? Eight or nine hands go up in the church. And what we're seeing right there is social niceness. But then after church is over with and everybody's heading out to the parking lot, they see that gentleman on, on, on their way out and they tell him, hey, if you need me Saturday, you just call me. He already said just a few minutes ago in church, hey, I need you Saturday. But before we get out the door, we're already trying to back out of our offer to help. Trying to back out of their social kindness and get into the car and say to their wife, I hope he don't call me. You know, in front of the church crowd, we want to look good. Yes, I'll help, I'll help, I'll help. When all the time we're thinking, I hope to God he doesn't call me, I don't want to go help. We'll throw that hand up and we'll say, yes, I'll help, I'll come out and I'll do it. But when it comes to walking it and actually putting on love, we don't want to do it. Putting on love sometimes demands a sacrifice. You hope he doesn't call because you had things that you'd rather be doing and that you could be doing for yourself rather than helping. But putting on love means I drop what I've got going on and I come and help a brother with a need. I find a way to sacrifice and do what he needs me to do. You know, Jesus prayed and he, as he was in the garden and he, and he asked his father, he said, let this cup pass. Father, I don't want to die. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to go to the cross. But then finally he says, but not my will. Let your will be done. And he made the sacrifice. Putting on love requires a sacrifice sometimes. However, the church has a lot of offers of sacrifice, but no follow through. That's social niceness. 
We talk about doing things for one another. We talk about helping out. We talk about being there for our brother and our sister, but we don't follow through. We don't do it. I want you to think about this, you know, in your mind's eye. Look and see a, a, a straight line. And on, on one side of it is the word social niceness. And on the other side of it is the words putting on love. Find your spot in that line. If we're honest, a lot of times we got to confess, Lord, I failed you. I've missed the mark. I, I, I haven't walked in love. I haven't put on love toward my brother and my sister. I've, I've thought of myself. I've been so wrapped up in the things that I've got going on for myself that, that, that I, I miss it a lot of times. Oh, Lord, I failed you. Help me to put on love toward my church family, toward the people that I come in contact with. Lord, help me to love those people that aren't really lovable all the time. Help me to love those people that aren't as nice as I would like for them to be toward me. Help me to be real. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father God, we're thankful tonight, Lord, for your word. God, we ask you, Father, that you just help us, Lord God, that we would put on love. God, that we would walk according to your ways. God, that we would seek your face in our life, Lord God. Father, that we would let your example shine in us, Lord. God, and we would be the church. Father, we just praise you today. We honor you, Lord. We thank you, God, for all your goodness. Lord, forgive us, Lord, where we fall short, Lord, and then help us, Lord God, that we will walk up right before you, Lord. God, we honor you. We thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing in our lives, Lord. We ask you, Father, that you just move, Lord God. Minister, Lord, to the hearts of your people, Lord. God, encourage us, Lord, to do your will, Lord. We honor you, God. Thank you, Lord, for everything. We thank you, God, for healing, Lord God, in our bodies, Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you speak peace to our minds, Lord. We honor you, Lord. We thank you, God, for all your goodness and your mercy, Lord. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Thank you for listening today, for being with us. Hit the like and the share button if you thought the message was worthwhile, if it encouraged you. We invite you to be with us on Sunday morning at Faith Fellowship Church, 7921 3rd Street Road in Louisville, Kentucky. God bless you. Enjoy your evening. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. We pray that it's been a blessing to you. For more information about FFC or its ministries, please contact the church office. God bless you, and remember, Jesus is Lord.